My name is Wayne Jones. Welcome to the My Sam Johnson podcast. This week's episode is called Sam Was Not Woke. And it's an attempt to make a sort of comparison between two centuries in a certain way, but also to extract a little as much as I can from uh, Sam's actions and Sam's readings and Sam's writings uh, to you know try to make a determination about whether he would be what we call woke today it, it it's i realize it's a little ridiculous in a certain kind of way it's sort of like uh, you know asking the question uh you know would he drive an electric car or something like that it's 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 a little i don't want to say silly because it does have to do with freedom of expression and and freedom of of of, of choice and those sorts of things but uh, I, I do want to give this a go and uh, see what you think about it. So one thing you can say about Sam Johnson, uh, apart from uh, whatever uh, you might think woke means, is that he was a staunch defender of, of freedom of expression. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure if you can infer from that that he would be absolute in that so that if you expressed something that was um, anathema to some subgroup or used a term that was offensive or that was claimed to be offensive by some subgroup that he would still persist in his um, his uh, right to use that term or not uh, I mean it's it's really hard i.e. impossible to say but uh, he was he was a staunch defender of, of freedom of expression and practiced that as well. Um, one of the examples I wanted to talk about is that early on in his career, uh, the law at the time was that uh, it, it was not permissible to publish the debates that went on in the English Parliament. So for the magazine, it was called the Gentleman's Magazine that he worked for at the time. This would have been in the 1730s, and he would have been in his, probably in his 20s then. Um, what they did was, was, was to get, as a get-around, basically, and as a kind of satire, although it was conveying information, was to uh, call it debates in the Senate of Lilliput. And, uh, and people will remember that Lilliput was one of the places that uh, Gulliver visited in his travels, in Gulliver's travels. It was the place where the people were uh, really small and Gulliver was uh, really big. Well, Gulliver was normal, but they were small. And the way they got around that in the debate, in the Gentleman's Magazine, was simply to, uh, you know, uh, screw around with their names so that instead of, you know, Lord Halifax, it would be Lord Halifax, that kind of thing, you know. So that it was very clear to people what was going on. And part of Sam's duties uh, as, a, as a kind of a hack writer at the time was to, uh, you know, report those debates, basically. And um, uh, he did that. So for me, what that says is that, uh, you know, what I infer from that is someone who thinks and believes that it doesn't really matter what the English Parliament thinks about whether uh, debates in Parliament should be publicized or not. He feels that there's a right for 
the people to know. And uh, if there's a workaround or a loophole or whatever you want to call it for people to be able to do so, uh, he's, uh, he, he, managed to, he manages to get that done. Of course, he was doing a job as well. There's also a famous, I'm forgetting the, a little bit about the details now, but there's a famous um, uh, anecdote that took place uh, many years later, I think, where someone was commenting on the, uh, the eloquence and the articulateness of the debate, <laughs> the, 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 the debates as they were published uh, in the Gentleman's Magazine. And uh, uh, Sam said to the person, well, you know, uh, uh, again, it's, I, I should have uh, looked up the quote, but Sam basically said to the person, well, uh, I'm the person who wrote that. <laughs> so I, I really uh, like that. So uh, what, it, what that suggests, of course, is that he was maintaining the correct tone. You know, it wasn't as if he was a, a crappy writer and was not able to achieve. I mean, uh, it's important for a satirist or for a parodist or whatever you want to call it to be able to, you know, get the lingo right. You have to get get it right. It has a feel like the original, basically. So uh, Sam achieved that. So so that tells me, basically, apart from the, the joking and the whatever, that tells me that he was a believer in freedom of expression. Um, and another incident in Sam's life that has to do with a similar thing in a different kind of way it's what it would famously for people who study the 18th century or 18th century England anyway call it the Ossian fraud O S S I A N uh, capital O and it's basically a case where uh, a poet named James Macpherson uh, claimed to have found these ancient Scottish poems that he was then uh, translating and publishing and uh, Sam uh, realized that that was not the case uh and knew and basically called the guy a fraud and uh you know there was an exchange uh, uh mcpherson was defending his and it was a fraud frankly and uh, mcpherson was defending his fact the, the fact that this was a this was real and uh even threatened sam so things reached a point where, in fact, uh, uh, McPherson ended up threatening Sam uh, over his statements. And Sam, uh, in, in the, on January 20th, 1775, wrote a letter uh, to McPherson uh, that has become quite famous as one of the probably the top 10, if I can put it that way, famous letters that Johnson wrote. And I'll just read it here. It's fairly short. Mr. James McPherson I received your foolish and impudent note. Whatever insult is offered me, I will do my best to repel, and what I cannot do for myself, the law will do for me. I will not desist from detecting what I think a cheat from any fear of the menaces of a ruffian. You want me to retract. What shall I retract? I thought your book an imposture from the beginning. I think it upon yet surer reasons and imposture still. For this opinion, I give the public my reasons, which I here dare you to refute. But how, however I may despise you, I reverence truth, and if you can prove the genuineness of the work, I will confess it. Your rage I defy, your abilities, since your Homer, are not so formidable, and what I have heard of your morals disposes me to pay regard not to what you shall say, but to what you can prove. You may print this if you will. 
So that'll give you an idea of the kind of um, attitude that Sam had to these, uh, these sorts of things. Uh, he believed strongly in the truth. He believed strongly in free expression and uh, was, was uh, certainly no, uh, didn't shrink from uh, stating his mind when he, uh, when he felt he had to. So um, later in his life, uh, Sam also, and there, there are sort of little known works uh, among the, you know, the, the large swath of, of writing that Sam did, but he produced some pamphlets. And again, these were often against uh, some of the, um, some of the uh, policies of the current government. But again, Sam published these and was not afraid to take whatever flack or criticism he would get for, get for those. And so again, I'm, I'm just trying to build a little case here for the fact that he was in favor of freedom of expression, that you know people could say and should say what they felt was the truth without fear of uh, reprisal, simply for the fact that uh, it was the truth or simply for the fact that it... Uh, you know, uh, rubbed uh, the, the, the folks in power the wrong way. Um, so that's important, uh, really important to, to know. Um, it's hard to say about wokeness. I mean, um, uh, I, I write about this in my blog that's affiliated with this uh, same podcast. Uh, you can see the blog on my website, mysamjohnson.com. And uh, really, there's there's no kind of way to tell. I mean, uh, Johnson Sam was not woke in the sense of being a uh, sensitive male in a certain kind of way. I mean, uh, I quote a couple of examples in my blog where he said things relating to women, for example, that if you wrote it these days and if you tweeted it these days, you would be castigated for saying anything, any such thing. And uh, I make no claim about whether Sam truly believed that or whether he was joking or not. And often with the case of wokeness, it doesn't really matter whether you're joking or not because it will be taken as everything is kind of stripped away. Uh, and in fact, I've had my, uh, two experiences myself on Twitter, one of the main social uh, media platforms where um, I thought I had said something <laughs> pretty innocent and I was I got the the famous pile on basically where someone disagrees with you and then if it turns out to be as it was in one case someone with a lot of followers then those followers also start to dump on you as well and it's it's a it's a it's an odd feeling uh, basically for people who know nothing about you to take a single comment that you made and a comment that had no malevolent, malevolent, uh, rationale or purpose behind it on my part and to take it out of context or to misconstrue it or to take it in context or however the hell people were taking it. And to say things about you, extrapolate from that, that had to do not only with the um, with the comment itself, but then people would sort of go on and on. It's sort of like an argument or a bad argument, 
you know, the ones that I try not to have, an irrational argument where people just, uh, you know, if it's an argument about something real about people's emotions, and eventually it comes down to saying, oh, but you're fat and ugly anyway, that kind of thing, you know, where it just degrades into uh, into stupidity, basically. Uh, so I found it at the time it was... It was funny at the time in a certain way that, you know, uh, I was the <laughs> I was the, the proud recipient of a, a pylon from, and it all started from a, a person who was a, uh, I think, a professor of art history who retweeted to uh, their followers and uh, suddenly the, the barrage happened. Um, I will always remember, too, that the person not only retweeted but also did a screenshot of my original post so that there was no way for me to delete everything. Basically, the screenshot that that person had taken uh, will always appear and is still online there somewhere. I eventually, this was my first experience with it, and I eventually uh, not, uh, my first reaction was to try to defend myself. Uh, for anyone involved in these things, I would say that uh, you should not do that because it's impossible. I mean, you basically have, it's it's one against whatever, 40, 400, whatever. It's a losing case, you know, and everything you say will just then be misinterpreted again so that, you know, people build on something and build, it's hard to call it building when they're basically tearing things down. But uh, but that definitely happened. So I found it a little funny in some ways. I found it angering in a lot of ways. That was probably the main emotion. And I have to say the 10% emotion was scary. Uh, it's just It just sort of told you a little bit. I don't want to you know, say that it could have turned into a, you know, a war or something like that or a, you know, something that would uh, you know, bring down a government. It's not like that. But um, it's scary, the kind of uh, mindset that would just buy in like that and just sort of follow along um, uh, blindly without any kind of evidence, without any kind of anything. And I'll just say one thing that came out of it about the funny part was that <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone at some point referred to me as a random pensioner. So I thought... <laughs> I thought that was uh, that was funny. I don't know. Maybe they looked at my picture and they said, "Hey, he looks eighty-nine. Must be a random pensioner making that comment." So, uh, and I had to, basically what I ended up doing. I deleted all the tweets that I could of my own, of course, uh, and I eventually dropped out of Twitter. And I've had a couple of experiences with Twitter now. I've dropped out of Twitter three times, and I'm currently out of Twitter uh, for. Uh, a similar, well, a similar kind of thing. A, a, a minor, a much more minor one happened. But Twitter is something where uh, it's sort of like something, it's like a, I don't know, it's like cholesterol that builds up in your system. At some point, you just have to stop taking it. That's how I feel anyway. And uh, just just go free. Uh, and just, just for the sake of your health. Uh, I, I, I don't know what it is. And I'm mostly following... Um, you know, I've made various kind of strategies. I'm getting way off base here now. But it does have to do with free expression. I mean, I assume, I mean, the whole purpose of Twitter is to be able to express yourself. 
And I guess you could argue that uh, for the uh, ignoramuses that that came back and called me a random pensioner and said worse things about me based on a single thing that I said, that they were expressing themselves freely as well. I suppose what I'm saying is that Twitter can have a tendency to turn into a forum that's not a forum for logical debate or rational discussion. Uh, maybe, maybe I've just made the understatement of the year, but uh, that's what I've found, and that's why I am happily out of it again now. I may go back in, uh, but uh, for now I'm happy to, uh, to stay free of it and not to waste my time uh, 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 there. So as for wokeness generally, um, and this is something I think that I podcast about before and I've also uh, blogged about before, because it's an important issue to me, I really feel, uh, and if you read the blog of posting of the same date as this podcast, you will see that I go into a little kind of more detail about that. But I really feel that it's, it's, uh, it's touching on uh, a very, very, very important sort of pillar of civilization. And not to sound too grandiose about it, but it's basically freedom of expression. And uh, once you start limiting that, or once you basically start saying to either to people in general, or start saying to artists that they can't, especially to artists in a certain way, you can't write fictional works about this because you're not part of that group or you can't say that word because only certain subgroups in our society can use that word. Uh, that is a really, really dangerous precedent to set. And uh, I, I firmly reject that, that, that notion. I don't write fiction anymore, but if I did, I certainly would not be hampered by uh, the fact that I'm not allowed to write from a certain point of view. It's ridiculous to even uh, conceive of it. The whole idea of creativity is imagining things, and uh, there's no constraints around that. You know, you don't, uh, you don't tell a painter that they can't paint certain subjects, or uh, it's crazy. It's, it's sort of, it's hard to even uh, make an articulate statement about it because it's so, I find it so ridiculous. But basically it's a case where a, a kind of a hyper-seriousness or a hyper-correctness is starting to impose itself upon free expression in our society. And uh, you can, you know, that can toodle along for a while. But if it gets worse and if it gets more extreme, and if you then get, say, the government involved in this sort of thing, and you'll often have the government involved in a certain way because they pay a lot of lip service to this sort of thing, you know, uh, like, for example, the what I consider the idiotic things that are going on now about, you know, renaming streets and taking down statues and renaming statues and renaming cities and all that sort of thing. The, 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 <sighs> breathe, breathe, breathe. These are things that uh, they may be good and they may be bad. Uh, but basically what you have a case there is of is uh, the people objecting on hypercorrect premises to an artist saying something or to a people saying something and you have the government paying lip service because the government wants to be elected by the majority who believes in this stuff 
And then you could see it going further, where basically it makes its way into legislation and suddenly, uh, just to cite a random example, suddenly a man is not allowed to write a novel from the point of view of a female, of a woman. Uh, you know, that's a really far extreme, but th this is kind of, if anything is even tending in that direction, it's a bad thing. Uh, I'll, I'll just say it that simply. And the same thing applies for non-artistic expression, for just saying things, you know, to have freedom of expression, to be able to say what you want on the street or to say what you want in a letter to the editor or those sorts of things. Um, uh, those are wrong. I mean, it's simply because some... Uh, I, wanted to, I was going to say subgroup, but it's often a very large group. It's often a very large segment of society. But part of the responsibility of the large segment of society is that they had to take care of the minorities. Basically, you had to make sure that uh, minority rights are protected and that freedom of expression and the freedom to read and the freedom to write and the freedom to do all those things uh, are protected. And... Uh, you know, the old saying from uh, Voltaire, I think it is, where, you know, I disagree with what you say, but I would defend to my life your right to say it. I think it's from Voltaire, and it goes something like that, but of course it was in French originally, <laughs> uh, is is true, right? You th th Those are th those are things. I, I, ex I fully accept the fact that, that uh, someone could say something that criticizes me or that uh, is very critical of something that's very important to me. Uh, but and I would never, ever, ever make the case that uh, because of that, because it's insulting to me even, although that's a very short list of things, um, that they should not be allowed to do that. I can't even imagine even think even thinking that or acting on that sort of thing. It's crazy. Open discussion is the way for free society to exist. And um, let me go out on a limb and say both Sam and I believe that. And that's my half blog, or, or not half blog, half podcast and half rant for this uh, week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, really, really appreciate your listening. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks.